0: Hello. So in just a few minutes, um, Elon Musk will be joining us here live on stage for a conversation. Uh, rumor has it there are a few things to talk about with him. Um, we, we, we will see. But um, before that, I just want to show you something special. I want you to come with me to. Tesla's huge gigafactory in Austin, Texas. So the day before it opened last week, the evening before, I was allowed to walk around it, no one else there. Um, And what I saw there was honestly pretty mind-blowing. This is Elon Musk's famous machine that builds the machine and his view, the secret to a sustainable future, is not just making an electric car, it's making a system that churns out huge numbers of electric cars with a margin so that they can fund further growth. When I was there, um, none of us knew whether Elon would actually be able to make it here today. So I took the chance to sit down with him and record an epic interview. (laughs) And I just want to show you a nine, mm, an eight minute excerpt of that interview. So here from Austin, Texas, Elon Musk. I want us to switch now to to think a bit about artificial intelligence. I'm curious about your timelines and how you predict and how come some things are so amazingly on the money and some aren't. So, when it comes to predicting sales of Tesla vehicles, for example, I mean, you've kind of been amazing. I think in 2014, when Tesla had sold that year 60,000 cars, you said, 2020, I think we will do half a million a year.
1: Yeah, we did almost exactly half a million.
0: Five years ago, last time you came to Ted, we, um, I asked you about full self-driving and um, you said, "Yep." This very year, hmm. where I'm confident that we will have a car going from L.A. to New York uh, without any intervention.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't want to blow your mind, but I'm not always right. <laughs> um,
0: but so talk, talk, what's the difference between those two? Why has full self-driving in particular been so hard to predict?
1: I mean, the thing that really got me, and I think it's going to get a lot of other people, is that there, there are just so many false storms with, with self-driving. Um... Where you think you think you've got the problem, have a handle on the problem, and then it nope, uh, it turns out uh, you you just hit a ceiling, um, and and uh, uh, because what, ha- what, what if you if you were to plot the progress, the the progress looks like a log curve, so it's like yeah you, a series of log curves, so. Uh, most people don't want what a curve is, I suppose, but it, 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 show, show the shape. It, 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 goes, it goes up, sort of, a, you know, sort of a fairly straight way, right. and then it starts tailing off, right. and 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 you start. And a kind of getting diminishing returns. Way. You know, in retrospect, they seem obvious, but uh, in, in order to solve uh, full self-driving uh, properly, you actually just you have to solve real-world AI. Um, you, you, you know, because you say, like, what are the road networks designed? To, to work with, they're designed to work with a biological neural net, our brains, um, and with uh, vision, our eyes. Um, and so, in order to make it work uh, with computers, you basically need uh, to solve real-world AI uh, and, and vision, because because we, we, we need uh, we, we need cameras and silicon neural nets uh, in order to have to, to have. Self-driving work for a system that was designed for eyes and biological neural nets. It, mm-hmm. You know, when you, I guess when you put it that way, it's sort of like quite obvious that the only way to solve full self-driving is to solve real-world uh, AI and sophisticated vision.
0: What do you feel about the current architecture? Do you think you have an architecture now where where there is a chance for the logarithmic curve not to tail off any any
1: time soon? Well, I mean. Uh, <laughs> Admittedly, these these uh, may be an infamous uh, last words, but I I actually am confident that we will solve it this year, uh, that we will exceed. Uh, You're know, you like what the the probability uh, of an accident. Uh, at what point do you exceed that of the average person? Right. Um, I think we will exceed that this year. We could be here uh, talking again in a year. It's like well, yet another <laughs> year went by and it didn't happen. But I think this I think this is the year.
0: Is there an element that you actually deliberately make? aggressive prediction timelines to drive people to be ambitious. And without that, nothing gets done. So it's, it feels like at some point in the last year, seeing the progress on understanding you, the, your, the, the AI, the Tesla AI, understanding the world around it led to a kind of an aha moment in Tesla. Because you really surprised people recently when you said, probably the most important product development going on at Tesla this year is this robot, Optimus. Yes. Is it something that happened in the development of full self-driving that gave you the confidence to say, you know what, we could do something special here?
1: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it took me a while to sort of realize this, that, that, that in order to solve self-driving, you really needed to solve real-world AI. Um, and at the point at which you solve real-world AI for a car, which is really a robot on four wheels, uh, you can then generalize that to a robot on legs as well. The, thing that, the things that are uh, currently missing are uh, it, enough, intelligence, to, enough intel- intelligence for the robot to navigate the real world and do useful things um, without being uh, explicitly instructed. It, it, so so the, the missing things are basically real-world uh, intelligence and uh, scaling up manufacturing. Um, those are two things that Tesla is very good at and uh, so then we, we basically just need to design the, the uh, specialized actuators and sensors that are needed for a humanoid robot. People have no idea. This is, this is going to be bigger than the car.
0: <laughs> um, but so, so, talk about. I mean, I, I think the first applications you've mentioned are probably going to be manufacturing, but eventually the vision is to, to have these available for people at home, correct? Yes. If you had a robot that really understood the 3D architecture of your house and knew where every object in that house was or was supposed sure. to be and could recognize all those objects. I mean, that, that, that's kind of amazing, isn't it? Like, like, that. the kind of thing that you could ask a robot to do would be what? Like, tidy up. Yeah.
1: Um, absolutely. <laughs> or... Make, make, make dinner, I guess, uh, mow the lawn.
0: Take, take uh, a cup of tea to grandma and show yeah, her family absolutely.
1: pictures. And T- exactly, take care of my grandmother and make sure, yeah, exactly.
0: I mean, it could recognize, obviously recognize everyone in the home. Yeah. Could play catch with your kids.
1: Yes. I mean, obviously, we need to be careful that this doesn't uh, become a dystopian situation. Um, um, Like, I think one of the things that's going to be important is to have uh, a localized ROM chip uh, on the robot that cannot be updated uh, over the air, uh, where if you, for example, were to say, stop, 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 that would, if anyone said that, then the robot would stop, you know, type of thing. Um, And that's not updatable remotely. Um, I think it's going to be important to have safety features like that. Yeah. That, that sounds wise. And I do think there should be a regulatory agency for AI. I've said right. this for many years. Yeah. I, don't, I don't love being regulated, but I, you know, I think this is an important thing for public safety.
0: And Do, do you think there will be, basically, like in say, say 2050 or whatever, that like a, a, a robot in most homes is, is what there will be, and people yeah, will, will, I think will love will. them and count on them? You'll have your own butler, basically.
1: Yeah, you'll have your sort of buddy robot, probably, yeah. I mean, how much of a
0: buddy? Do you, like? Do you, do? You, how, how many applications do you thought is there? You know, can you have a romantic partner, sex partner? I mean, a lot of it's learning Probably inevitable. There.
1: I mean, I did promise <laughs> the internet that I'd make catgirls. We, how, we could make a robot catgirl. I mean, be I, mean,
0: when I, mean you I mean, promise look, the internet, You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: um, so yeah, I, I guess uh, it'll be what, what whatever people want, really. You know. So.
0: What what sort of timeline should we be? thinking about of the first, the first models that are actually made and sold?
1: Well, uh, you know, the, the, the first units that, that we intend to make are um, for jobs that are dangerous, boring, repetitive, and things that people don't want to do. And uh, you know, I, I think we'll have like an interesting prototype uh, sometime this year. We, we might have something useful next year, but I think quite likely within at least two years. Uh, And then we'll see rapid growth year over year of the usefulness of the humanoid robots um, and decrease in cost and and scaling up production.
0: Help me on the economics of this. So what do you picture the cost of one of these
1: being? Well, I think the cost is actually not going to be crazy high, Um, like less than a car.
0: But but, but think about the economics of this. If you can replace a $30,000, $40,000 a year worker, which you have to pay every year, with a one time payment of twenty five thousand dollars for a robot that can work longer hours doesn't go on vacation i mean there, there could it could be a pretty yeah. rapid replacement so of certain types of jobs. How worried should the world be about that
1: i wouldn't worry about the the sort of putting people out of a job thing. Um, I think we're actually going to have an, and already do have a massive shortage of labor so I, 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 th- I think we'll, we will have um, uh, not, not people out of work, but actually still a shortage of labour even in the future. Uh, but the, this really will be a world of abundance. Any goods and services uh, will be available to anyone who wants them. It'll be so cheap to have goods and services, it'll be ridiculous.
0: So, <clears throat> that is part of uh, an epic 80-minute interview which we are releasing to people, members of TED 2022, right after this conference. Um, you should be able to uh, look at it on the, the TED Live uh, website. Um, there's public interest in it. We're um, putting that out to the world on Sunday afternoon, I think, Sunday evening. But, uh, but if you're into this kind of stuff, um, definitely a good thing to do over the weekend. Um, now then, hearing from Elon Live, there's, there's huge, public interest in that. We have opened up this segment to live stream, and so we're joined right now by, I think, quite a few people around the world. Um, Welcome to Vancouver, welcome to TED22. You're joining us on the last day of our conference uh, here in a packed theater. And um, we've been hearing all week from people with dreams about what the next era of humanity is gonna be. And now, arguably, the biggest visionary of them all. Elon Musk. Hey. Elon, welcome. So, Elon, um, a few hours ago, you made an offer to buy Twitter. (laughs) Why? (laughs) How'd you know? (laughs) Little bird tweeted in my ear or something, I don't know. By the way, have you seen
1: the movie Ted about the bear?
0: I have, I have. It's a good
1: movie. Don't mention that here. (laughs) Um, So, um, yeah, yeah, so... uh, Was there a question? (laughs) Uh, Why why make that offer? Oh, so... um, Well, I think it's very important for... Uh, there to be an inclusive arena for free speech, uh, where all, yeah, so, uh, yeah. Um, the, the, Twitter has become kind of the de facto town square, um, so uh, it, it, it's just really important that people have the, both the, uh, the reality and the perception uh, that they are able to speak freely within the bounds of the law. Um, and, you know, so one of the things that I believe Twitter should do is open source the algorithm um, and make any changes uh, to people's tweets, you know, if they're emphasized or de-emphasized, uh, that action should be, should be made apparent so you can, anyone can see that that action has been taken. So there's, there's no sort of behind the scenes uh, manipulation, either algorithmically or manually. Um, yeah.
0: but <clears throat> Last week when we spoke, Elon, um, I asked you whether you were thinking of taking over. You said, no way. You said, I, I do not want to own Twitter. It is a recipe for misery. Everyone <laughs> will blame me for everything. What on earth changed?
1: No, I think, I think everyone will still blame me for everything. <laughs> Yeah, if, it, something, if, if, if I acquire a Twitter and something goes wrong, it's my fault, 100%. <laughs> I, I think there will be quite a few arrows, uh, yes. Um, it will, it but, will be miserable, but you still want to do it. Why? I mean, I hope it's not too miserable, uh, but um, I, I, I just think it's important to the fun... It's important to the function of democracy. It's important to the function of uh, the United States uh, as, as a free country and many other countries, and to help actually to help freedom in the world uh, so, more broadly than the US. Um, so. And so I, I think it's, uh, it, it's a, you know, I think there's, there's the, the risk, civilizational risk uh, is decreased if Twitter, the, the more we can increase the trust of Twitter as a public platform. And so I, I do think this will be somewhat painful, and i 'm not sure that I will actually be able to to acquire it um, and I should also say the, the intent is, is to uh, retain as many shareholders as is allowed by the law in a private company, which I think is around two thousand or so so we'll, it's, it's not like it uh, 's definitely not not from the standpoint of letting me figure out how to monopolise or maximize my ownership of Twitter, uh, but we'll try to bring along as many shoulders as we right. as we're allowed to. You um, don't
0: necessarily want to pay out 40 or whatever it is billion dollars in cash. You'd you like them to come, come with you in in, in the yeah, new but it's, it's,
1: I mean, I mean, I could technically afford it. Um, <laughs> I, I heard that. I heard that. Um, but, but 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 it's. But what I'm saying is this this is is this is, this is, this is, a, this is not a, a, a way to sort of make money. You know. I think this is, it's just that I think this is, um, this could, uh, my, my strong intuitive sense is that uh, having a public platform that is maximally trusted um, and, 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 and broadly inclusive um, is extremely important to the future of civilization. But you've, um, you've described I, yourself. I, I don't care about the economics
0: at all. You, okay, that's, that's cool to hear. You, it, this is not about the economics. It, it's for the, the, the moral good that you think it will achieve. You're, you've described yourself, Elon, as a free speech absolutist. But does that mean that there's literally nothing that
1: people can't say and it's okay? Well, I, I, I think, uh, obviously, uh, Twitter or any forum is bound by the laws of the country that it operates in. Um, so, to, obviously, there there are some... Limitations on free speech uh, in, in the U.S. and, and of course, uh, Twitter would have to abide by those uh, right. rules. So, so,
0: so um, you can't incite people to violence, like the, the, yeah. the, the, the like a, di- a direct incitement to violence. You know, you can't do the equivalent of crying fire in a, in a movie
1: theater, for example. No, that would be a crime. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> pretty, it should be a crime.
0: If... But, but here's, here's the challenge, is, is that it's, it's such a nuanced difference between different things. So there's, <clears throat> there's incitement to violence. Yeah. That's a no if it's illegal. Um, there's hate speech, which some forms of hate speech are
1: fine. You know, I hate spinach. Um, y- I mean, if it's a uh, sauteed in a, you know. <laughs> cream sauce, it can be quite nice. But
0: the the problem is, so so, 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 let's say someone says, "Okay, here's one tweet, I hate Politician X. Next tweet is, I wish Politician X wasn't alive, as some of us have said about Putin right now, for example. So that's legitimate speech. Another tweet is, I wish Politician X wasn't alive with a picture of their head with a gun sight over it, or that plus their address. I mean, at some point, someone has to make a decision as to which of those is not OK. Can an algorithm do that? Or surely you need human judgment at some point?
1: No, I think, the, like I said, we're, we're, in, in my view, uh, Twitter should um, match the laws of the, of the country. Of, and, and, and really, you know, that, that there's an obligation to, to do that. Um, uh, but going beyond going beyond that, um, and having it be unclear who's making what changes to who, to, to where, uh, having tweets sort of mysteriously be promoted and demoted with no insight into what's going on, uh, having a black box algorithm uh, promote some things and other, not, not other things. I think this
0: can be quite dangerous. So, um, so, so the idea of opening the algorithm is, is a huge deal, and I think many yeah. people would would welcome that, of, of understanding exactly how it's making...
1: The decision. And, and critique it. And critique uh, like, 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 I mean, improve it. What, what no. I mean is like, like I think like the, the code should be on GitHub, you know, so then, uh, and, and so people can look through it and say like, uh, I see a problem here. I don't, I don't agree with this. Um, they can highlight issues, right. um, suggest changes in, in the same way that you sort of update Linux or, or Signal or something like that, you know. But as, as um, I understand it,
0: uh, yeah. Like at some point right now, the, what the algorithm would do is it would look at, for example, how many people have flagged a tweet as obnoxious. Um, and then at some point, a human has to look at it and make, make a decision as to does this cross the line or not. But, but the algorithm itself can't, I don't think yet, um, tell the difference between legal and okay and, and, and definitely obnoxious. And so the, the question is, which humans you know, make, make that, Core. I mean, do you have, do you have a picture of, of that? Right now, Twitter and Facebook and others, you know, they've hired thousands of people to try to help make wise decisions. And the trouble
1: is that no one can agree on, on what is wise. How do you solve that? Well, I, I, I think we, we would want to err on this. If, if in doubt, uh, let, let, let the speech, let, let it exist. Uh, it would have, to, you know, if, if it's a, you know, a, a, a grey area. I would say let let the let the tweet exist, um, but obviously you, you know in, in a case where there's perhaps uh, a lot of controversy, uh, that you would not want to necessarily promote that tweet. If uh, you know, so the I'm not i not saying this is that I have all the answers here, um, but I, I, I do think that we want to be just very reluctant to delete things and and have. Um, just, just be very cautious with, with, with permanent bans. Uh, you know, t- timeouts I think are better or, uh, than 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 sort of permanent bans. And um, uh, but just just in general, like I said, I'll, I'll, how, how, it won't be perfect. But I think we wanted t- to really uh, have, like I said, the perception and reality that speech is as free as reasonably possible. And a good sign as to whether there is free speech is, uh, is is someone you don't like allowed to say something you don't like. And if that is the case, then we have free speech. And it's, it's damn annoying when someone you don't like says something you don't like. That is a sign of a healthy, functioning, uh, free speech situation.
0: So- I I think many people would agree with that. And looking at the reaction online, many people are excited by you coming in and the changes you're proposing. Some others are are absolutely horrified. Here's how they would see it. They would say, wait a sec, we agree that that Twitter is an incredibly important town square. It is, is, you know, where the world exchanges opinion about life and death matters. How on earth could it be owned by the world's richest person? That can't be right. So how, how do you, I mean, what's the response there? Is there any way that you can distance yourself from the actual decision-making that matters on content at, 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 in some very clear way that is convincing to people?
1: Well, like I said, I think the, it's, it's very important that, that like the, the, the algorithm be open-sourced and that any manual uh, adjustments be uh, identified, like, so if this tweet, if somebody did something to a tweet, it's, y- there's information attached to it that this, that action was taken. And I, 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 I won't personally be, uh, you know, in there editing tweets, um, so, but but you'll know if something was done to to promote, demote, or otherwise affect a, a tweet. Um, you know, as for media sort of ownership, I mean, you've got you know um, Mark Zuckerberg owning Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp, um, and with an, a share ownership structure that will uh, have. Mark exactly, Zuckerberg, the 14th, still uh, controlling those uh, entities. Mm. Um, so, um, like, literally. Um.
0: Well, certainly the, We the, won't the, have that at Twitter. The, 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 if, if you commit to opening up the algorithm, that, that definitely gives some level of confidence. Um, yes. talk, about, talk about some of the other changes that you've proposed. So, you, you, the edit button, that's, that's definitely coming. If you if yes. you have your way, yes. yeah.
1: And um, how do you how do I mean you... I, I think I mean one frankly um, the a top priority I have I would have is is eliminating the the spam and, and scam bots um, and the bot armies that are in Twitter. Um, you know I think I think the, the, these these fun influence the. They're not, they're, 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 they make the product much worse. <laughs> um, if, I, if, if, you know, if I had a Dogecoin for every crypto scam I saw... <laughs> 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 We'd have more, you know, 100 billion Dogecoin. So. <laughs> do, do you regret
0: sparking a sort of storm of excitement over Doge and, you know, where, where it's gone or...?
1: I mean, I think Doge is fun and... You know, I've always said, don't bet the farm on Dogecoin, uh, FYI, right. you know. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I, I think, I think it's, it's, I like dogs and I like memes, and uh, it's got both of those. And, <laughs> but just uh, on, the, on the edit button, how, how do you
0: get around the problem of, so someone tweets, Elon rocks, and it's tweeted by 2 million people. Um, and um, and then, then after that, they edit it, so I'm, Elon sucks, and, um, and then all those retweets, they're all embarrassed. And how, 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 do you, how do you avoid that type of changing of meaning so that retweeters are
1: exploited? Well, I think uh, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd only have the edit capability for a short period of time. And probably the thing to do at, upon the edit would be to zero out uh, all retweets and favorites. OK. Um, um, I'm open to ideas, though, you know. So in
0: one way, the um, algorithm works kind of well, if you right now, I just—I wanted to show you this. This is so. This is a typical tweet of of, of mine, kind of lame and wordy and whatever. And look at—and the amazing response it gets is this. Oh my God, <laughs> ninety-seven likes. Um, and then I tried another one, um, and. Uh, 29,000 likes. So the algorithm at at least seems to be at the moment, you know, if Elon Musk expand to the world immediately. um, Not bad, right? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I guess so. I mean, that's that's good. Cool. I mean, but but you've, so so help help us understand how how it is you've built this incredible um, following on Twitter yourself. when. I mean, some of the people who, who love you the most look at some of what you tweet, and they they it, they think it's somewhere between um, embarrassing and crazy. Some of it's amazing. I mean, it's a like, little. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but, but 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 it's is that is that
1: actually why it's worked, or why why, why is it worked? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm you know tweeting more or less stream of consciousness. You know, it's not like let me think about some grand plan about my Twitter or whatever. You know, I'm like. Literally you know, on the toilet or something. I'm like, oh, this is funny, and then tweet that out. You know, <laughs> that's, that's that that that's like most of them. <laughs> that's, you know, oversharing.
0: over-sharing. Uh, but um, but you are obsessed with getting the most out of every minute of
1: your day, and so why yeah, not? You know, um, <laughs> so I don't know. I just like try to tweet out like things that are interesting or funny or, you know, and then people seem to like it.
0: So if, if you are unsuccessful, actually, let me, before I ask that, let me ask this. I, in fact, I don't, yeah. So how can I say, is uh, funding secured?
1: <laughs> I, I have sufficient uh, assets to complete <laughs> the, it's uh, <laughs> not a forward-looking statement, blah, blah, blah. But, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have I mean, I can do it if possible. Right. Um, so, um, and um, I mean I should say actually, even originally with Tesla back in the day, funding was actually secured. I want to be clear about that. Um, in fact, this may be a good opportunity to, to, to clarify that. If um, funding was indeed secured um, and uh, I should say, like, why, why do I do not have respect for the SEC in that situation? And I don't mean to um, blame everyone at the SEC, but certainly the San Francisco office. Um, it's because the SEC uh, knew that funding was secured, um, but they pursued the an active public investigation nonetheless. At the time, Tesla was in a precarious financial situation. And I was told by the banks that if I did not agree to, to settle with the SEC, that they would, the banks would cease providing working capital and Tesla would go bankrupt immediately. So that's like having a gun to your child's head. Uh, so I was forced to concede to the SEC unlawfully. Those bastards. Um, and, and, and now they th- they th- it, it makes it look like I lied when I did not in fact lie. I was, I was forced to admit that I lied To save Tesla's life, and that's the only reason. Given what's actually happened, given what's
0: actually happened to Tesla since then, though, aren't you glad that you didn't take it private?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's difficult to put yourself in the position at the time. Tesla was under the most relentless short seller attack in the history of the stock market. Uh, There's something called short and distort. Um, where the barrage of of negativity that Tesla was experiencing from short sellers in Wall Street was beyond all belief. Tesla was the most shorted stock in the history of stock markets. This is saying something. So, you know, this was affecting our ability to hire people. It was affecting our ability to sell cars. Um, It was, uh, they were, yeah, it was terrible. Um, Yeah, they wanted Tesla to die so bad they could taste it. Well, most of them have paid the price. Yes.
0: Are they, where are they now? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so that was a very really strong statement. I mean, obviously, a lot of people um, who, who support you, I would have thought, would say, you have so much to offer the world on the upside, on the vision side. Don't, don't waste your time getting, getting distracted by these, these battles that bring out negativity and, and, and make people feel, that you're being defensive or like, people don't like fights, especially with, with powerful government authorities. They'd rather, they'd rather buy into your, to your dream. Do you, do you, like, aren't you encouraged by people just, just to edit that, in, that you know, temptation out and uh, go with the, the bigger story?
1: Um, well, I mean, I'm, I would say like, you know, I'm, I'm sort of a mixed bag, you know, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, you're you're a fighter, and you, you don't you don't you don't you don't you don't like to lose, and, and you, you, you are determined that you don't. Basically, I, I mean, you are. Sure, I
1: don't like to lose. I'm not sure many people do. Um, but the, the, the truth matters to me a, a lot. I really, like, sort of pathologically, it matters to me.
0: Okay, so so you don't like to lose. If in this case you are not successful in you know the board does not accept your offer. You've said you won't go higher. Is there a plan B? There is. <laughs> I, I, think we, I think we would like to hear a little bit about plan B.
1: For, for another time, I think. Another time? Yeah. All right. I,
0: that, that's a nice. Tease. All right. So um, <laughs> I, I would love to try to understand this brain of yours more, Ilan. With your permission, I'd like to just play this. This is the, actually, before we do that, um, here was one of the, of the thousands of questions that people asked. I thought this was actually quite a good one. Um, if you could go back in time and change one decision you made along the way, do your own edit button, <laughs> which one would it be and why? Do you mean like a career decision or something? Just any, any decision over the last few years, like your decision to invest in Twitter in the first place, or your...
1: Uh, anything. Um, I mean, the, the worst business decision I ever made was um, not starting Tesla with just J.B. Straubel. By far the worst decision I've ever made is, is not just starting Tesla with J.B. That, 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 that's the number one by far.
0: All right, so J.B. J. Strabo was, was the visionary co-founder who, who, who was obsessed with, and knew so much about batteries, and your, your decision to go with Tesla, the company as it was, meant that you got locked into what you concluded. No, it was this, a weird
1: architecture now, this... this, this of, there's, uh, there's a lot of confusion. Tesla, um, did, the Tesla did not exist in any... Tesla was a shell company with no employees, uh, no intellectual property when I invested, but... the. A, a false narrative has been created by um, one of the other co-founders, uh, Martin Everhart, and I don't want to get into, right. the, in, the, yeah, into this the nastiness is... here. But uh, the, I didn't invest in an existing company; we created a company, yeah. uh, and ultimately the creation of that company uh, was was done by uh, JV and me. Um, and unfortunately, there's uh, someone else, an, another co-founder who has made it his life's mission. Uh, to make it sound like he, he created the company, which is false. Wasn't there
0: another issue right at the heart of the development of the Tesla Model 3, where Tesla almost went bankrupt? And I, I think you have said that part of the reason for that was that you overestimated the extent to which it was possible at that time to automate a, a, a factory. A huge amount was spent kind of over-automating, and it, and it didn't work. And it nearly took the company down. Is, is that fair?
1: Uh, I mean, first of all, it's important to understand, like, what has what Tesla actually accomplished that is, that is most noteworthy? Um, it is not the creation of an electric vehicle or, or creating an electric vehicle, vehicle prototype or low-volume production of a, of a car. There have been uh, hundreds of car startups over the years, hundreds. And, uh, in fact, at one point, um, Bloomberg counted up the number of electric vehicle startups, and they, I think they got to almost 500. Yeah. So the hard part is not creating a prototype or going into limited production. The, 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 the absolutely difficult thing, which has not been accomplished by an American car company in 100 years, is reaching volume production without going bankrupt. Well, that is the actual hard thing. Um, the last company, American company to reach volume production without going bankrupt was Chrysler in the 20s. Right, And, and, and it nearly happened to Tesla. Yes, it, but it's not like, oh geez, I guess if we'd just done more manual stuff, things would have been fine. Of right. course not. Uh, that is definitely not the case. Uh, so, the, we, we basically messed up almost every aspect of the Model 3 production line. Uh, from. From cells to, to packs to driving motors, motors, uh, body line, the paint shop, uh, final assembly, um, everything. Everything was messed up. Um, and I, I lived in that. Fa- I, I lived in the Fremont and, and Nevada factories uh, for, for three years, fixing the, the, that production line, running around like a maniac through every part of that factory. Living with the team, I I slept on the floor so that the the team, who was going through a hard time, could see me on the floor. Uh, That that they knew that I was not in some ivory tower. Whatever pain they experienced, I was—I had it more. And some people
0: who knew you well actually thought you were making a terrible mistake. That you were driving yourself. You were. You're driving yourself to the edge of sanity almost and, yes, and, not, and, sure. and, that, and that you were in danger of making bad choices. And in fact, I heard you say last week, Elon, that, that you because of Tesla's huge value now and, and you know, the, the, the significance of every minute that you spend, that you are in danger of sort of obsessing over it, spending all this time to the point of to the edge of sanity. Um, that doesn't, that doesn't sound super wise, isn't there? Like, your, your, your time, your, your completely sane, centered, rested time and decision making is more powerful and compelling than, than that sort of, I, I can barely yeah. hold my eyes open. So, so surely it should be an absolute strategic priority to look after
1: yourself. I mean, there wasn't any other way to make it work. There were three years of hell, um, 17, eight, 2017, 18, and 19, were three years, the longest period of excruciating pain in my life. Uh, there wasn't any other way, and we barely made it, and we were on the ragged edge of bankruptcy the entire time. So, so you felt so drawn... like I don't want Sorry. pain. I don't like it. Um, those were three, three so, so, so much pain. Uh, but well, it had to be done or Tesla would be dead.
0: When you looked around the Gigafactory that we saw images of earlier um, last week and just see where the company has come. I mean, do you feel that that this this challenge of figuring out the, the new way of manufacturing, um, that you that you, you actually have an edge now, that it's different, that you've figured out how to do this. And and um, from th- th- those three years, w- won't be repeated, you've actually figured out a new way of manufacturing?
1: At this point, I think I know more about manufacturing than anyone currently alive on Earth. <laughs> Sweet <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. I, can tell you how, I can tell you how every damn part, part in that car is made. Which basically, if you just live on the factory, you live in the factory for three years and, and just... That was nice. Sort of. <laughs> that was poignant note to something. <laughs> Someone um, wants to compose a
0: symphony to that uh, expression of confidence, uh, something like that. I have no idea what that is. Um,
1: <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, 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 every aspect of a car six ways to Sunday, I know.
0: I mean, you, you, you talk about scale right now. You're, you're, you're in the middle of writing your new master plan, and you've said that scale is at the heart of it. W- why does scale matter? Why are you obsessed with it? What are you thinking?
1: Yeah, I, well, see, in order in order to accelerate the advent of sustainable energy, uh, there must be scale, um, because we've got to transition um, a, a vast economy that is currently uh, overly dependent on fossil fuels to a, a sustainable energy economy. One where the energy is... Uh, yeah, I mean, we've got to do it. And, uh, so, so the energy's got to be sustainably generated with wind, solar, uh, hydro, geothermal. I, I, I'm a believer in nuclear as Isabel uh, well, I think gave a talk about, and uh, and then you, 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 since solar and wind is intermittent, you have to have stationary storage batteries, and and then uh, we're going to transition uh, all transport um, to to electric. Uh, if, if we do those things, we have a sustainable energy future. The faster we do those things, the less risk we, we, we the, re- the less risk we, we uh, put to the environment. Uh, so, sooner is better, uh, and, and so scale is very important. Um, you know, it's not, about, it's not about fresh releases, it's about tonnage. What was the tonnage of, uh, of batteries produced, um, and obviously done in a sustainable way. And, and uh, our estimate is that approximately 300 terawatt hours of battery storage is needed to transition uh, transport Uh, electricity and and heating and cooling uh, to a fully electric situation. Others may... There may be some different estimates out out there, but uh, our our estimate is 300 terawatt hours. Yeah. So we
0: dug into this a lot in the interview that we recorded last week, and so people can go in and hear that more. But I mean, the context is that is, I think, about a thousand times the current install battery capacity. I mean, the scale-up needed is... Breathtaking, basically. Yeah. And 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 um, yeah. So 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 your vision is to commit Tesla to try to deliver on a meaningful percentage of what is needed. Yes. And what and call on others to do the rest. That this yes. is what this is a task for humanity to massively scale up our response to change
1: change yes. the energy grid. Yes. It, it, it's 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 like basically how fast can we can we scale um, and, and encourage others to scale. Uh, to get to that 300 terawatt hour in, installed uh, base of, of batteries. Right. Um, and then, of course, uh, there'll be a tremendous need to recycle those batteries, which is, I, and, and it makes sense to recycle them because the raw materials are like high grade ore. Um, so people shouldn't think, well, there'd be this big pile of batteries. No, they're going to get recycled because the, the even a dead battery pack is worth about $1,000. So, um, but, but this is what's needed for a sustainable energy future. So we're gonna to try to take a set of actions that accelerate the day of a, and, and bring the day of, of a sustainable energy future sooner. Okay.
0: There's gonna be huge interest in your master plan when you, when you publish that. Um, meanwhile, I, just, I would love to understand more what goes on in this brain of yours, because it is, it is a pretty unique one. I, I want to play, with your permission, this very funny opening from SNL, Saturday Night Live. Can we have the volume there, actually, please? Sorry.
1: It's an honor to be hosting Saturday Night Live. I mean that. Sometimes after I say something, I have to say, I mean that. (laughs) So people really know that I mean it. That's because I don't always have a lot of intonation or variation in how I speak. (laughs) Which I'm told makes for great comedy. I'm actually making History tonight as the first person With Aspergers to host SNL, and I think you followed that up with at least the first person to admit it. The
0: first person to admit it. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, (laughs) (laughs) so this was a brave thing to say. say. (laughs) But I I would love to understand whether, you know, how you think of of Asperger's? Like, whether you can give us any sense of even you as a boy, how, what, what the experience was, or as you now understand
1: with the benefit of hindsight.
0: Talk, can you talk about that a bit?
1: Well, I think, I think everyone's experience is gonna be somewhat different. Um, uh, but I guess for me, the, the social cues were, were not uh, intuitive. So um, I was just very bookish and I didn't understand uh, these, I, I guess others could sort of intuitively understand uh, what, what what is meant by something. Um, I would just tend to take things very literally as just like the words that, as spoken were exactly what they meant. But but then that, didn't turn, that turned out to be wrong. <laughs> you can't, they're, not, they're not simply saying exactly what they mean. They, there's all sorts of other things that are meant. It took me a while to figure that out. Um, so. But I was, you know, bullied quite a lot, um, so I, I, didn't, I did not have a, a sort of happy childhood. To be frank, it was quite quite rough. Um, and um, but I read a lot of books. I read, read lots and lots of books, and so that, you know, sort of gradually, I, I sort of understood more from the books that I was reading and watched a lot of movies. Um, and um, you know just but it took it took me it took me a while to understand things that most people intuitively understand
0: so i've wondered whether it's possible that that was in a strange way an incredible gift to you and, and, and indirectly to many other people in as much as brains you know are plastic and they 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 go where the action is and if for some reason, the external world and social cues, which so many people spend so much time and energy, and mental energy obsessing over, if that is partly cut off, isn't it possible that that that, that is partly what gave you the ability to understand inwardly the world at a much deeper level than than most people
1: do? I suppose that's certainly possible. Um, I think there's maybe some value also from a technology standpoint because um, I found it uh, rewarding to spend all night programming computers um, just by myself and I think most people most people don't enjoy typing strange symbols into a computer by themselves all night uh, they think that's not fun but I thought it was quite, I really liked it um, so so I would just program all night by myself and um, I found that to be qu- quite enjoyable um, but, but I think that is not uh, normal. Mm. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. it, it, it does,
0: you know, I've, I've thought a lot about, it, it's, it's a riddle to a lot of people of, of how you've done this, how you've repeatedly innovated in these different industries. And it, it does, you know, every entrepreneur sees possibility in the future and then acts to make that real. It, it feels to me like you see possibility just more broadly than almost anyone and can connect the dots. So you see scientific possibility based on a deep understanding of physics and, and knowing what the fundamental equations are, what the technologies are that are based on that science and where they could go. You see technological possibility. And then really unusually, you combine that with economic possibility of like what it actually would cost. Is there a system you can imagine where you could affordably make that thing? And that that sometimes you then get conviction that there is an opportunity here. Put those pieces together and you could do something amazing.
1: Yeah, I, I think one aspect of whatever condition I had um, was I was just a- absolutely obsessed with truth, just obsessed with truth. Um, and, and so the obsession with truth is why I studied physics, uh, because physics attempts to understand the, the truth, the truth of the universe. Physics just is just what are the provable truths of the universe, um, and and, tru- and truths that have predictive power. Um, so for me, physics was sort of a very natural thing to study. Um, no, nobody made me study it. It was intrinsically interesting to understand the nature of the universe. Um, and then computer science uh, or in, in, or information theory, um, also to just I understand uh, logic, and, and uh, you know there's an also there's an argument that you know the, you, the, that information theory is actually operating at a more fundamental level, more fundamental level than than, than even physics. Um, so uh, just yeah, um, physics and information theory uh, were I mean, really interesting to me. So no. it's
0: when you say truth, I mean it's it's not like some people. So it's, what you're talking about is the truth of the universe, like the fundamental truths that drive the universe. It's, it's like a deep curiosity about what this universe is, why we're here, simulation, why not, you know, we don't have time to go into that. But I mean, it's, you're, you're just deeply, deeply curious about what this is for,
1: what this is, this whole thing. Yes. Uh, I mean, I think the why, the why of things is very important. Um, I, I actually, uh, when I was, uh, I don't know, what to, So, young teens, uh, I I got quite depressed about the meaning of life um, and I was trying to sort of understand the meaning of life, looking at reading religious texts and and reading books on philosophy. And I I got into the German philosophers, which is definitely not wise if you're a young teenager, I have to say. (laughs) It can be a bit dark. dark. Um, So, uh, much better read as an adult. um, and, and then, actually, I ended up reading um, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is actually a, a book on philosophy, just sort of disguised as a, as a silly humor book. But, but actually, a book, it's actually a ph- ph- philosophy book. And uh, Adams uh, makes the point that it, it's actually the, the, the question that is harder than the answer. Um, you know, He sort of makes a joke that the answer is 42. Um, that number does pop up a lot. Um, and, and 420 <laughs> is just 10, 4, 10, 10 times 42. 10 times more
0: significant so, than 42,
1: okay. Um, you know, there's, um, you can make a, a triangle with 42 de, or 42 degrees and two sixty-nines. 69s. So there's no such thing as a perfect triangle, or is there? <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> but <laughs> even more important than the answer is the questions. That, that was the whole theme of that book. I mean, is that, is that, is that yes, basically how you see meaning then? It's the pursuit yeah. so, so, of questions.
1: Yeah, so I have a sort of, a, you know, a proposal for a, a worldview or a, motiva- a motivating philosophy, which is to understand what questions to ask about the answer that is the universe. And the, the, to the degree that we expand the scope and scale of consciousness, uh, biological and digital, uh, we will be better able to, to uh, ask these these questions, to frame these questions, and to understand why we're here, how we got here, what, what the heck is going on. And so that, that is my driving philosophy, is to expand the scope and scale of consciousness that we may better understand the nature of the universe. Elon, one of the things that was most
0: touching last week <clears throat> was, uh, was seeing you hang out with your kids. Um, here's, if I may... Um... It, it looks vaguely like a ventriloquist dummy there. <laughs> I mean, how do you know that's real? <laughs> um, so, so that's X and, and you know, you're, you're, it, it was just a delight seeing, seeing you hang out with him. And sure. uh, what, 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 what's his future going to be? I, I mean, I don't mean him personally, but the, the world he's going to grow up in. What future do you believe he will grow up in?
1: Well, I mean, a very digital future. Um, <laughs> uh, a, very, a different world than I grew up in, that's for sure. Um, but I think we want to obviously do our absolute best to ensure that the future is good uh, for everyone's children um, and, and that, you know, that, that the future is something that, that you can look forward to and not feel sad about. Um, you know, you want to get up in the morning and be, be excited about the future. And we should fight for the things that make us excited about the future, you know? The future cannot, it, it cannot just be about one miserable thing after another, solving one sad problem after another. There got to be things that get you excited, like, you're, like you want to live. These things are very important, and we should have more of it. And it's not as if it's a, a done deal, like it's all, to, it's all
0: to play for, like the future may be... Horrible. Still, there are scenarios where it is horrible, but you, you see a pathway to an exciting future, both on Earth and on Mars and in our minds through artificial intelligence and so forth. I mean, in your, in your heart of hearts, do you really believe that you are helping deliver that exciting future for
1: X and for others? I mean, I'm trying my hardest to do so. Um, I, you know, I love humanity, and I think that we should fight for a good future for humanity, and I think we should be optimistic about the future, and fight to make that optimistic, optimistic future happen. Yeah. Gilan,
0: I think that's, that's a perfect place to close this. Thank you so much for spending time coming here, and for the work that you're doing, and good luck with finding a wise course through on Twitter, and everything else.
1: All right, Elon thank Musk. you. Give Thank you. Woo!
0: Hey. Hey, guys. Hello. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, man. That, that was really something.